Okay, uh, uh, this is the course New Age and the Occult Lecture number five. We're refuting New Age beliefs. Now, last week we refuted pantheism and self-deification. Uh, the, the problem with the, with the job that I did on pantheism is uh, it, we have a hard time, even throughout the history of the church, we have had a hard time defining how exactly God is one and how exactly God is three. It's obvious if it doesn't violate the law of non-contradiction, they have to be, the three persons of the Trinity have to be one in one sense and three in a different sense, okay? So we say God is one in being, three in persons, okay? Uh, but then we still run into some trouble because uh, persons seem to have separate individual existence from one another. So it may just be that in human language we just have a, a heck of a time. Uh, we know they can, they've communicated with each other throughout all eternity, have a, had a love relationship with each other, but it's just real tough to narrow things down. Uh, what I decided to do was, uh, I'll just give you this real quick. We can pass this around. You guys can just jot it down if you wanted to. But I thought it over. I just decided to use Vantillian or uh, Edward J. Carnell. Carnellian. Carnell was a Van, uh, was a modified Vantillian. Uh, but they just referred to the, the Trinity as the one, the one and the many. That ultimately God is not just one, but He is one, and He is also many. He is one and He is three, and they're both just as ultimate. In other words, there were, you could never go back in, into eternity. And find a time when God was only one or God was only three. Okay, in one sense He was one, and in another sense He's three. Uh, and if we just look at it, use the terms one and the many, which the ancient Greek philosophers used, we see that pantheism claims that reality is one; it is not many. Okay, that's real key. Reality is one; it is not many. It, now, it looks like it's many, but that's an illusion. All individual existence uh, is an illusion. So pantheism claims that reality is one, it is not many. So when a pantheist communicates to another person, uh, he is not living consistent with his beliefs. He is living like reality is many, or at least more than one. Okay? Um... Uh, now the Christian Trinity, when you take that same argument and you try to work it against the Christian Trinity, it wouldn't work because the Christian Trinity is a one and a many. God is one God, but he is three persons. So even before creation, the three persons of the Trinity could communicate even though they are one being, one God. So ultimate reality, God, is a one and a many. Okay? So... Uh, that way we don't equivocate on the word being is what I'm getting at. Uh, it just makes it real difficult. But what I'm getting at, uh, Christianity recognizes that there was a unity and a plurality uh, throughout all eternity in the Godhead itself. At the same time, pantheism claims that there never was a plurality. All you have is, is a oneness, is a unity. Uh, all being is one, period. And when a pantheist communicates to another person and tries to persuade him to be a pantheist, he's not living consistent to his beliefs. He's living uh, like reality is many. Um, you said uh, the other day all pantheists are monists, right? Yeah. Not all monists, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, every 
every pantheist, since pantheism teaches that God is the universe and everything is, is one and everything is God, uh, a pantheist also is a monist, because a monist teaches that everything is one, all reality is one being. Uh, but not all monists are pantheists, because even though a, a monist may say all reality is one, he may not, re he may not believe that it's God. Okay? So he might believe all reality is one, but he just doesn't believe that has any religious implications at all. So he really wouldn't say God is everything. He would just say everything is one, and, and what that one is, who knows, and who cares, you know. More like a materialist. Uh, yeah, the, the only thing is, though, a materialist really isn't a monist. Uh, they would both, the materialist would agree with the monist that the universe is all that exists. Um, but the materialist would still probably say the universe is a plurality of beings. Whereas the monist would say no. Uh, in other words, they both agree the universe is all there is, but uh, the monist would say and this, this, the universe is one being, the materialist would say the universe is made up of many beings. Okay? Um, um, but you could get you could get a weird materialist, I suppose, who could be a monist, but that would be it would be a real uh, usually the monist not always, but usually the monist and the pantheist, really when it comes right down to it, the uh, physical universe uh, are, uh, where we see the particulars, that's an illusion. And behind all that, the ultimately real is just one immaterial being, one world soul type thing. Um, Okay, we said that self-deification, uh, we mentioned already that that's according to the Bible. Again, we want to refute these beliefs from the Bible so that uh, we're refuting the people who call themselves Christians and New Agers. But we also want to refute it from philosophy or science or history so that uh, we can dialogue with New Agers who admit they're not Christians and uh, New Agers that don't give a hoot about the Bible. Uh, but self-deification, the idea that man can become God is a lie of Satan. That was the lie of the garden, Genesis 3, Isaiah 14, uh, 12 to 14. Uh, uh, Lucifer himself wanted to be like God, be like the Most High God. Uh, we mentioned we don't, we don't all have the Christ consciousness. 1 John 2.22, Jesus is the Christ. It wasn't that Jesus had the Christ consciousness like all men. He just exercised it better than others. That's not, that's not biblical uh, good solid biblical teaching um, we mentioned that we are limited beings we need air water food we exist in time and space um, and all limited existence needs an unlimited cause so we we cannot claim to be God uh, God is not limited by other beings and then we mentioned that man needs to be saved they, the new age would say man doesn't really need to be saved he needs to recognize he is already saved he doesn't need to be saved he just needs to recognize that he's God. Okay? Well, Romans 3.10 says there's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, Romans 6.23 says for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Matthew 19.25 and 26 tell us that it's impossible for man to save himself, but all things are possible for God. Therefore, we need to look to God for the way of salvation. And 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 to 10, uh, tell, that passage tells us very clearly 
uh, that if we say that we have no sin and we are deceiving ourselves and the whole the new age movement denies sin okay sin is not a reality um, new age belief number three reincarnation uh, number one it, it contradicts the Bible Hebrews 9.27 tells us it is appointed for man to die once and after this comes the judgment now there are some exceptions to that general rule there were some people who died twice Jesus rose them from the dead or Elijah somebody rose them from the dead one of the apostles and they died a second time but the general rule is you die once and then comes the judgment uh, you don't get reincarnated your spirit doesn't get reincarnated your soul doesn't get reincarnated in another body and go on and on when you look at uh, Luke chapter 16 verses 19 to 31 uh, Lazarus uh, the uh, uh, beggar and then the rich man uh, uh, Lazarus went to heaven the rich man uh, was in torment and uh, he could not go back nor could he get Lazarus to go back and uh, visit his brothers and, and, and tell them to you know you better turn things over to, to the God of Israel or you're going to end up in torment like your brother uh, you, you could not come back so it's implied he does not get a second chance uh, uh, nor you know would anybody else and so uh, Luke chapter 16 verses 19 to 31 also seems to rule out um, the idea of a, a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance by the way uh, Scott Mormon one of the others at our church pointed out that uh, to a friend of his uh, that just like the atheist really can't give somebody a reason to be moral so too uh, the, the pantheist that believes in reincarnation can't give you a reason to be moral uh, because uh, you know why work off your negative karma in this life why not just live it up for the next 1,000 lives be a hedonist die young just do whatever you feel like doing and uh, you know you've got all eternity to eventually reincarnate into another body and then start working off that negative karma so there's like there's no rush why if, if you want to be an Adolf Hitler right now uh, even with the doctrine of reincarnation so what if he's gonna go back to being a slug or a rock uh, you know he's got all eternity and uh, you know maybe Adolf Hitler was thought he was having a ball so uh, 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 reincarnation does not give uh, incentive uh, for, for man to be moral only the only the the God of the Bible, the theistic God, the God of theism that judges man and, and rewards man or judges him. Uh, the, the scriptures teach that Jesus alone paid for our sins. John 1.29 tells us real clearly that uh, you know Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We don't need Jesus plus purgatory. We don't need Jesus plus reincarnation. Uh, 1 Peter 3.18 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 and that reads for Christ also suffered once for sins the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the spirit so Jesus, it's real clear that Jesus suffered on the cross uh, for our sins and then Hebrews uh, chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 Hebrews 1 verses 1 to 3 uh, talking about the Son of God 
and uh, just skip down to verse 3. It's talking about the Son of God. It says, Who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, and the word purgatory uh, is saying that we have to be purged for our sins. The Bible teaches that Jesus alone was purged for our sins, and we don't have to be purged for our sins. Uh, we don't have to be punished for our sins so long as we trust in Him alone for salvation. But it says, after He by Himself uh, purged our sins, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. Okay? Um, and so again, Christ alone suffered uh, for our sins. Um, so the, the Scriptures are clear. Uh, it's, you don't need purgatory. You don't need reincarnation. Uh, Jesus alone paid for our sins. Uh, also, if reincarnation is true, ultimately by you paying the price for your negative karma, which it's very vague exactly what negative karma is, um, it's implied that the finite is reaching the infinite on its own. Now, obviously, when it comes right down to it, the New Age movement denies the existence of the finite. Um, but that's part of their problem, really, because, uh, uh, you know, they deny the existence of individual souls. But in order to, and they deny the existence of bodies, the material realm. But you can't have reincarnation unless you have individual souls that are reincarnated in, in different real bodies. So, uh, you know, uh, there's problems galore for, uh, uh, for reincarnation. But the idea that the finite can reach the infinite on its own, Jesus in Matthew 19, 25, and 26, the apostles asked him how man could be saved. Jesus said this is impossible for man, but all things are possible with God. So the finite cannot reach the infinite on, on its own. If the finite is going to be saved, it has to be the work of the infinite God. Uh, by the way, past life recall. Uh, a lot of counseling sessions have occurred, and they, they, they used to, uh, with Freudian psychology, take people back in time to supposedly when they were in their mother's womb, which is really interesting because these are mostly pro-abortionists who are doing this, and, uh, and these people would lay down on the floor and they'd suck their thumbs and get in the embryo position and that type of thing. But now they take them beyond that and into former lives. And uh, there's six alternative explanations for past life recall. Number one, I would think most of them are just uh, fraudulent. It's just bogus. It's just plain out to launch in. Uh, number two, it could be uh, deja vu, also called... Uh, uh, crypto amnesia where um, you get the idea that you were you've been in that place before and it can be explained in many different ways one of them uh, uh, one possibility is that the eyes see it and it gets recorded in the brain so it's already in the memory stage before you're even conscious of that sense experience so it feels like you've been there already and all you're remembering is just what you looked at a microsecond ago. Uh, or number two, it, it could be some place that you were at before, that type of thing, um, and you just don't remember it. Uh, or it could be you were in a similar area with a similar smell, a similar, similar scenery, and you, and you felt like you were there before. Um, 
Uh, number three, it could be a creative imagination. Um, remember this guy that you know he had one of these psycho psychopsychologists counseling him, and then he came out with all these accusations that that Catholic cardinal, the big gun cardinal from I think back east, was uh, had uh, homosexually molested this kid guy when he was a kid. And uh, the cardinal, you know, and then CNN pronounced him guilty, you know, like they would do for any uh, any man who. Uh, uh, supposedly represents biblical truth uh, and the cardinal came out and he argued that he was innocent and this and that and then it went on for a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden the, the guy uh, did his own the guy who said that this priest had molested him did his own little investigation and uh, found out that when you're under hypnosis uh, that often the the ideas you come up with are not from your memory uh, but instead suggestions by the psychologist. And so what works in our early life now, and it, basically what he found out was that uh, it, was, it was the creative imagination, not of the client, uh, the supposed victim, it was the creative imagination of the psychologist himself. Um, uh, but if that works for this life it would also work for people who are supposedly having past life recall some uh, event that they remember from a former life when they were supposed to be Cleopatra or something you know and um, uh, it, it could be just explained by the hypnotic suggestions of the psychologist uh, number five uh, cultural conditioning explains a lot of it very few people ever had any past life recall in this country until reincarnation began to get popular and so you go back a hundred years and it was unheard of in this country uh, adults or kids wouldn't wouldn't have past life recall well it was very common in India because cultural conditioning they were being taught from the cradle that they had former lives and so that combined with the creative imagination uh, they would come up with ideas like that so it's going to become more and more common uh, the more new age that America goes uh, but number six, every once in a while you'll see a well-documented case on like Unsolved Mysteries uh, or on other programs where the person comes up with information that even with, with you know, lawyers investigating and detectives investigating, it seems like they got information that they could not have a, arrived at that information through naturalistic means. Okay? Um, and uh, what it appears there if they don't find uncover a hoax later on it appears that that's a case of demonic possession okay that probably the same demon who possessed some guy 300 years ago and came up with some information that that there was no way for this person to know about it uh, passed that information on to the person and and deceived them into thinking that they are they're the reincarnation of this guy um, you find it in the demon possession cases when the a child is speaking in an ancient extinct language that the child had no way of learning and then some uh, uh, lang Middle Eastern ancient language expert has to come and investigate and says yeah and, and gives all these uh, satanic messages that are that when he interprets it uh, you can't explain that through naturalistic means and that's where we need to recognize the demonic uh, deception and demonic possession and so uh, reincarnation, get, uh, really read up, Geisler, Geisler and a guy named Amano uh, 
uh, wrote a work on reincarnation, and uh, I think it's published by Tyndale Publishers. And you wanna, you might want to look into that. It really, really dynamite work there. Uh, Grotice deals real well with reincarnation too. Refutes it in his writings as well. Uh, New Age belief number four that we want to look at is illusionism. Uh, the idea that the physical world doesn't really exist. Well, the fact is, New Agers live like the world really does exist. Okay. They eat food just like John Gardner's filling his face right now. They eat food just like he does, only he's, it's probably not from Jack in the Box. It's probably not a big slab of meat in between that bun there. But uh, um, but New Agers live just just like the real world really does exist. And, uh, uh, you know, if the physical world is an illusion, then even war is an illusion. Uh, but why would the, these New Agers be no nukers, and why would they work for what they think is going to bring peace? Why would they work for peace when there is no war? You know, they believe evil in the physical world is an illusion. Uh, that also, you know, obviously, too, when God says in the beginning, God, the Bible says, Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, it's pretty obvious that uh, the Bible teaches the... the, the uh, world outside our minds does exist okay um, and uh, so again it, it's not only contradicted by the way they live and can be philosophically refuted but it's also biblically refuted so if a new ager claims to be a Christian you can refute him from the Bible first uh, and then give a philosophical refutation as well but uh, a good portion of new agers don't claim to be uh, Bible believing Christians uh, and so the, you would just bypass the biblical refutation and, and go to the uh, philosophical or scientific uh, refutation. Uh, relativism. Uh, what I mean by relativism here is both uh, moral relativism, the idea it's right, which the New Ager teaches what's right for you is right for you, doesn't have to be right for me, and vice versa, uh, but also epistemological relativism where uh, truth is relative. What's true for you is true for you. It doesn't have to be true for me and vice versa. Okay? Um, so we want to look at both of those. Uh, first off, when it comes to moral relativism, obviously the Bible teaches absolute uh, morality. Uh, God has universal, eternal, unchanging moral values. Um, thus saith the Lord, you know, Exodus 20, the chapter deals with the Ten Commandments and with the exception of the... Uh, Sabbath day, uh, which is ceremonial, uh, the moral aspects of the, of the Ten Commandments still hold today. Uh, Micah six eight tells us that it says that uh, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. You know, God has uh, let us know what is right and what is wrong. Uh, Romans two, it's not in the notes, but Romans two fourteen and fifteen. Uh, God wrote his moral laws on our hearts so that we know right from wrong. Um, you know, the new, the new Ager, he wants to change this world and save this planet and stand up for what is right, but he teaches there's no such thing as, as if there's no such thing as wrong, then there's no such thing as right. So a new Ager can't even call Adolf Hitler evil and be consistent with his new age beliefs. Uh, so what good is he going to do for the planet? Okay? In fact, Adolf Hitler is as much God as uh, um, the Apostle Paul. Adolf Hitler is as much God as Jesus is, according to the New Ager. 
So, uh, you know, that, that's obviously a morally bankrupt worldview, and every moral relativistic worldview is morally bankrupt. Uh, but also, they deny the absolute truth. They deny any absolute, universal, unchanging truth. What's true for you is true for you. It doesn't have to be true for me and vice versa. Well, number one, then, you know, how do you know the New Age movement is true? You know, but, but number two, the denial of self, of absolute truth, is self-refuting. Um, to say uh, there is no absolute truth, if that is true, it would be an absolute truth. And so it refutes itself. If it's true, it's false. And if it's false, obviously it's false. So there's, there's no way to, to, to win on that. First um, Timothy 6.20, different uh, versions translate this passage differently. And it's a tough one to call what Paul's getting, getting at here. But First Timothy 6.20, um, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 20, Paul tells Timothy, he says, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and vain babblings, uh, you could also translate that empty chatter, vain babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. The word for knowledge there. Yeah, it's gnosis. Gnosis, yeah. G-N-O-S-I-S, the Greek word. Uh, Gnostic. That's where we get the, the term the Gnostics from. Okay? Um, so there's some that think that the, that part of the, the Gnostic thinking at the time of Paul, uh, you know, Gnostic was already an embryo form existing in, in Paul's day. Um, there's some who believe that they actually prided themselves in believing contradictions. If that is true, now, the, the New Agers today are neo Gnostics. And neo-Gnostics believe salvation comes through hidden mystical knowledge that only the initiated receive. And they've got these mystical views and they, the, the physical world is less real than the, than the uh, uh, spiritual world, that type of thing. So the New Agers have a lot in common with them. So it is possible that they prided themselves in contradictions. Uh, the other possibility, though, is that all Paul is saying is that these guys contradict the Bible. Okay, so we don't know for sure if what he's talking about, but with the vain babblings or the empty chatter and contradictions, you can make a good case that these Gnostics um, were actually holding, you know, prided themselves in believing contradictions. And uh, that's one of the most frustrating things with a New Ager. You show him that he contradicted himself, and he says, no biggie. And even a guy who's not a New Ager but is a postmodern, uh, who has more emphasis, he believes something because he feels like it, he's given up on trying to find truth through reason. A guy like Dr. Erickson, when I pointed out, I say, you call Hitler evil. You call, you call, say he's wrong. He says, well, I believe he was wrong. I said, but then you say you're a moral relativist. And you, you say that there's no such thing as right and wrong. He says, oh yeah, I know. I said, well, that's a contradiction. I said, now I could call Hitler wrong and be consistent with my Christian worldview. You can't. And he says, oh, but I... I can live with it. And what he's basically saying, I can live with contradictions. Contradictions don't bother me. And he, he's acting like I'm still a Neanderthal that really thinks there's there's absolute truth. I ought to get with the program and enter into postmodern thought and just give up on truth and just believe something because it feels good. So he's considered a, one of the foremost historical experts on the Holocaust. 
uh, Dr. Erickson out of Olympic College, his book Theologians Under Hitler, and it's his main thesis that Christianity led to the Holocaust. And uh, he's considered like one of the world's three leading uh, experts on that. It's just people believe what they want to believe right now uh, rather than believing, trying to believe what is true. Um, so uh, if they deny absolute truth, uh, if they say there is no such thing as absolute truth, that's a self-refuting statement, whether it's going to sink in or not. See, it's just like Eastern meditation. These people are actually disengaging their minds. And so whether or not we're going to say something, show them the contradiction of their thought, and it's going to kind of shock them back into the world of reason, I don't know. It's tough to say. But, you know, you just have to... As a human being, God created him with a mind, him or her, with a mind to reason. So you you would hope and pray... You would hope and pray that... Uh, that, uh, you know, they'll get back a little bit of their humanity that they're denying at that point. Okay, uh, here's another crazy thing about New Age thought. They believe in evolution. Okay, if the physical universe is an illusion, uh, then evolution, gradual change within the physical universe from one species to another would be an illusion as well, but, but they act as if evolution is a proven fact in actuality, uh, evolution has many scientific problems. The fossil record lacks transitional forms. You don't have uh, creatures with half wings and half fins in the fossil record. Uh, you don't, you, you know, birds, uh, reptiles are supposed to have evolved into birds. And yet you've got a, different, a whole entirely different type of lung. So whatever the transitional form, you know, lungs don't work, like all organs, they don't work unless they're fully developed. So whatever the transitional form is in between a, uh, a reptile and a bird, it can't breathe. So even if you hold a punctuated equilibrium, even if it only was lasted like, you know, 20,000 years, or even if it was just one generation, if you can't breathe for a generation, you die. So you're not going to evolve into something else. The fossil record lacks transitional forms. There are no missing links between apes and men. They're either, they're either apes, men, or every once in a while it's the uh, tooth of an extinct uh, pig and that type of thing. Um, the single-celled animal, the smallest unit of life, has uh, the ba most basic unit of life, I should say, because uh, an ostrich egg is a, is a one single cell, and it's a pretty big thing, but... Uh, Single-celled animals, though, uh, like the amoeba, contains highly complex information. Enough information, uh, just in the DNA alone, you, you, you've got enough to fill a, one volume of an encyclopedia. But uh, when you take all the genetic information, you can fill an entire library. And uh, uh, so, therefore, if that's the most basic unit of life, just as a Webster's Dictionary can't be produced by, through random explosions... Uh, it takes an, an intelligent cause to produce a Webster's Dictionary. It also takes, uh, would take an intelligent cause uh, to produce single-celled animals uh, as well. Uh, so, and uh, we can argue from the second law of thermodynamics, energy deterioration, that the amount of usable energy in the universe is winding down. 
and that if you go backwards in time, you reach a point where all the energy in the universe was usable, and basically the beginning of the universe, the, the Big Bang model shows us that as we move forward in time, the universe is expanding in all directions. If you go backwards in time, you reach a point where the whole universe is a point of infinite density, which basically means nothing, because something can only be... Uh, uh, finitely small, small in a limited way. They also refer to it as the point of dimensionless space, but if space doesn't have dimensions, there's no space. So uh, so the universe had a beginning, therefore it needs a cause. That cause has to be an intelligent cause uh, to uh, design uh, human life, even even the building blocks of life. And, you know, and the Miller-Urey experiments trying to bring in the lab life from non-life, not life from non-life, uh, even if they succeeded, which they have not, all they've done is they, they've they've taken amino acids. What Dr. Wickramasinghe out of Great Britain calls it cheating, uh, because they take amino acids, they break them down, and then they recover amino acids. So they start with the building blocks of life, not life, but the building blocks of life. Rather than like uh, Dr. Norman Geisel says, like, rather than uh, one volume of a of an encyclopedia, it's like having one sentence. That's what a building a building block, the amino acid is. But it's like they break it down and then they recover it. So, you know, they're already, it's like arguing in a circle. There's, their first premise is their conclusion, so they're not really proving their case. But the other thing, even if they did produce life from non-life in the lab, you still have intelligent intervention. So intelligent intervention is needed. Also, there's there's many faulty dating methods. In evolution, uh, in the evolutionary model, uh, there's the uniformitarian. Now, uniformity is a good principle, that the present is the key to understanding the past. Okay? Uh, at the same time, the uniformitarian principle takes that to an extreme and assumes that whatever processes are going on in the present have gone on in the past at the same rate throughout all time. And we don't know that. Uh, all it would take is creation by God in a worldwide flood, and it would destroy just about every uh, evolutionary dating method there is. Um, so uh, the, the dating methods are very suspect. They assume uh, they assume that they know what the, the rate of decay uh, of certain elements, what that rate of decay was throughout all time, and they do not know that. There's no way to prove that. Um, but anyway, there's no scientific evidence for an eternal universe. All the evidence points to the universe having a beginning and therefore needing a cause. There's no evidence for uh, life, no scientific evidence for life coming from non-life, uh, for multi-celled animals coming from single-celled animals, for animals with backbones coming from animals without backbones, and there's no evidence for the common ancestry of fish, reptiles, mammals, uh, and man. In fact, you know, the evolutionist looks at the similarities between men, the common anatomy, similarities between men and apes uh, and other animals. Uh, that could be explained, I think, uh, in more plausible uh, light uh, by uh, positing the existence of a common designer. If you see two Norman Rockwell paintings, you don't assume that they were both the identical painting replicas of each other and one was slowly changed into the other one, evolved into the other one, you assume a common designer. And I don't think there's any any good evidence. I I, I think really to prove evolution you would have to uh, you would have to examine several generations 
where not just change within a species. I don't care if you got a white moth becoming a black moth; it's still a moth. What you need is a, is a moth to become something else. So you got to explore several generations where this supposedly happened. Now the evolutionist says, "Well, you don't understand. For as it takes billions of years or millions of years to occur." Well, that's real nice. I mean, uh, um, I mean, Christians can argue like that. So how do you know God exists? Prove it to me. Well, all it's going to take is just another uh, another 30 years. You're going to meet him. You know, the day you die. And uh, th that's really not evidence that would work right here and now. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, if we're right, 30, 40 years from now when that guy dies, he's going to find out God does exist. Um, if evolution is true... Yeah, g give us another two million years and we'll find out it's true. But uh, they don't have those millions of years, and uh, so there's really no, no, no way to really prove it uh, just from looking at the common anatomy, especially since these transitional forms, you've got some big... You know, it takes a lot to go from a fin to an arm. And, and well, what is it? It's got to go from a, uh, the evolution of whales. Okay, it goes, but 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 first you had you had these fish, and they evolved until eventually to to land animal to eventually a cow, and then somehow a cow evolves into a whale, back into the ocean into a whale. So you know you have some definite problems. And I'll tell you too, and creationists get get uh, ridiculed when they draw what some of these transitional forms might look like. In fact, some evolutionists have drawn what they're trying to find. And it's pretty comical when you've got half cows, half whales, and then, then, and then after you look at, and then after you, after you look at the drawing, too, you, you, you sit back and you try to wonder, you know, if, if they just drew it there and they didn't put it in water or land, you're wondering, where, where does this thing go? Because it don't look like he's going to do too good on land or in water. So, uh, um, you know, and that's exactly the problem. Uh, so assuming evolution, it, assuming evolution may be politically correct, and uh, it might make you a teacher's pet on the college campus, but uh, but it, it it doesn't make you right. Um, globalism, uh, the idea that uh, we need a one-world government and we should work towards a one-world government, it's another uh, key belief of the New Age movement. Uh, but the Bible teaches that God wants the world divided into separate nations until Jesus returns to rule. Uh, Genesis uh, 11, 1-9, the Tower of Babel. If God wanted man united and in one government, uh, he would not have uh, divided their languages and stopped their building project there. God wants the world divided into separate nations until Jesus returns to rule. Uh, a man. The result of a man-made one-world government is Revelation chapter 13, when a demon-possessed man, the Antichrist, is going to reign over the world and institute the mark of the beast. Now, the United Nations might be a good idea as far as the New Ages are concerned. I don't like it. Uh, the United Nations has sided with the old Soviet Union uh, and against the United States in virtually every disagreement that the two had. Uh, in fact, 80% of the nations... Uh, that are in the United Nations sided more often with the Soviet Union than they sided with America. So, um, and, and the sad thing is, what probably 
Probably, for, for, yeah, exactly, because probably 80-90% of the funding comes from American taxpayers' money. So it, it's, just, it's just a real, real shame. Now we get guys spilling blood uh, for this uh, uh, one-world government in uh, embryonic form. But, you know, this idea that if we have a one-world government, we'll have peace. Now, the Bible teaches that the, the problem with violence is not in guns, it's not in nuclear warheads, it's the heart of man. Man is in rebellion against God, and as long as man is in rebellion against God, he's going to be uh, at war with other men. Um, we will not get peace. You know, Daniel says, Daniel 9, uh, verse 26, even to the end there will be war. We will not get peace until the Prince of Peace returns and shepherds the nations with an iron rod, carries a bigger stick than anybody else has got, and enforces peace through his strength. Uh, but this idea that if, he, if it was the one world government, there'd be nothing but peace because there wouldn't be any other nations to fight with, that's ludicrous. Some of the most brutal wars in the history of mankind have been revolutions and civil wars. And uh, the Bible teaches there's going to be plenty of them in, in the world, one world government of the Antichrist. Uh, New Age belief. Number eight, syncretism. Uh, the teaching that all the religions of the world you need, need to unite. Not just the, uh, not just the uh, uh, one world government, but also a, uh, a, a, a worldwide religion shared by everybody. And, uh, you know, sounds real neat at first, but what if people don't want to adhere to their religion. You know, and Islam is about Christians. You guys are intolerant. Why can't you just tolerate other people's belief system? Well, Phil Fernandez does not want to put Muslims in jail just for being Muslims. If a guy kills a guy, it's a whole different thing. But uh, I don't want to put Muslims or Jews or Buddhists or Hindus or Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons in jail just for being, just for believing their, their belief system. Um... So I tolerate them in that sense, but I do teach that they're going to hell because that's what Jesus taught. Jesus taught that salvation comes only through trusting in, in, in uh, the true Jesus of the Bible. That's the only way for us to be saved. Uh, but they'll say that we're intolerant. Yet, they have this idea of a one-world religion. And supposedly all faiths lead to God, and that's what their view is. But the fact of the matter is... How are you going to force that on people like Christians, Jews, and Muslims who are hold to exclusivistic religions? They do not believe that people outside their religion, uh, you know, are going to heaven. Um, what are you going to do to those people if they won't get with your program? And the answer is you're going to become a heck of a lot more intolerant than these born-again Christians ever were because you're going to have people... First, they're going to be confiscating Christians' property. Then they're, then they're going to be uh, rounding them up into labor camps. Then they're going to be, uh, you know, putting them to death. And, you know, how do I know this? Well, you just look at Hitler. You know, that was the... Uh, Nazi Germany was a th this world pantheism, a pantheism with an emphasis on this world and the, on the here and now and bringing about the, the next stage in the spiritual evolution of man whereas Hinduism in, in India is uh, otherworldly pantheism and so you get nothing but neglect over there um, but what was done in Nazi Germany is going to be done on a worldwide scale through the New Age movement if, if we are in the end times uh, in Luke chapter 12 verses 51 to 53 the New Ager 
will argue that Jesus was a great New Ager, you know, and, and Jesus came to bring all everybody together, and he said, you know, peace, love, and Dan and yogurt, and he was just this big wimp. And uh, uh, but actually, Jesus, if if, if, he, if he, Jesus is referred to in the Bible as the Prince of Peace, at the same time, the context is on his second coming, not his first coming. His first coming in Luke chapter 12, verses 51 to 53, Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And then he explained that. He said, I'm going to divide family members, brothers and sisters, a, a son and a father and a, a daughter and, and her mother. I'm going to divide believers from novels. So he said, I came to divide. I came to cause strife between believers and non-believers because the world hated Christ they're going to hate his believers as well now the second coming he's going to come to bring us all together and uh, but that's when he comes to shepherd the nations with an iron rod that's when he comes as as uh, the prince of peace but in Revelation 19 it says in righteousness he judges and wages war and he'll shepherd the nations with an iron rod so the way you get peace in a world of sinful men is to carry a bigger stick than anybody else has gotten and force peace through your strength if you are uh, the perfect ruler and the Lord Jesus is that perfect ruler. Uh, but this idea that Jesus, the first time he came, that was the recipe for finding peace, just, you know, uh, lay down, you know, sit down on train tracks and block a nuclear arms shipment to a, a United States military base. They wouldn't do that in the old Soviet Union because they wouldn't stop the trains. Uh, there's a different view of, uh, different view of uh, human rights over there. Uh, but the Bible clearly teaches that Jesus is the only way for man to be saved. John 14:6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Acts 4.12 says there's no other name under heaven through which man could be saved. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of New Agers are going to you know, come up to you and say, well, look, I believe in God. Not the God of the Bible, obviously, but I believe in God. I just don't believe that Jesus was uniquely God. And so I can believe, I can have the Father but not have the Son. You know, it, well, the, the Bible teaches differently. 1 John 2.23 says, Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. Either, Not either. Uh, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. The only way to accept the Father is to accept the Son. The only way to the Father is, is through the Son. And uh, you know that's repeated throughout, I think, Luke chapter 10, verse 16, uh, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Throughout the Scriptures, that's 